0: Rubber Boots Reacts, yeah, just the facts, Jack, that's what I'm talking about on this track, I play the sax, and I'll do it to the max, Rubber Boots Reacts, what? Here we go, here we go indeed, Rubber Boots Reacts, what? Rubber Boots Reacts.
1: Welcome to our uh, special Tuesday edition of the Rubber Boots podcast. There's uh, there's Stoff, there's Lester, there's Puffy. I introduce, I'm Jimmy, by the way, these are my friends from TSN. I do the introductions because I'm, I'm guessing we'll have uh, curlers watching us. This is our, we're about to do our second curling crossover
0: podcast. Uh, uh, they because are, They are hurrying hard to listen to our. Seriously, if you keep, no one, heard no heard. one is going
1: to watch the podcast right. if you make those yeah. stupid ass puns. Yeah. Uh, Betsafe.net is our sponsor. Betsafe.net also happens to sponsor uh, Jennifer Jones, uh, the, to great curler who just literally has just gotten back from Beijing hours ago. And the first thing she vowed to do as soon as she got home <laughs> uh, was to talk to us on the rubber boot podcast. And uh, I think she's coming in now. Hey. There she is. Hey. Hey. How are you guys? Uh, Good, how are you? <laughs> Bigger question. How are you? When <laughs> when did you get back from Be- from Beijing? How many oh, hours yeah. ago?
2: We had the travel day from hell. So we had like, it was one of those flights where you board in Vancouver and then you get on the plane and then we're delayed leaving the gate and then they go to the runway. And then there's a mechanical problem that they, oh
0: know. No. you know, like one of
2: them.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so we sat on the plane for four hours before oh. Oh. take off. I thought for sure it was going to be canceled, but I had um, a middle row in the back, like row 51.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and what what number flight is this
2: it was only our second so we flew direct from beijing to vancouver okay literally ran to catch the this connection because we were two hours delayed leaving beijing and then oh. didn't have any food or anything we're like okay it's okay we'll eat on the plane and then by the time they get to row 51 after four hour delay all the food's gone
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> no that is and then wow. we get there
2: and it was like so many people at the airport and, uh, not, uh, not a lot of bags came. <laughs> so then there was a massive lineup to claim your, make your bag. Uh,
1: I feel so guilty that we're having you on right after this. No, happened. it's
2: all good. I, yeah, it's all good. I'm supposed to stay awake right now anyway. So it's all, oh,
1: okay. it's all good.
2: But my, my you, bag was fortunately in Vancouver. A lot of the athletes' bags were still in Beijing. So I don't know.
1: Ooh. Oh, were there a lot of athletes on, on that plane?
2: Yeah. So like the, charter it was a charter like so all the canadian athletes were on the flight from beijing to vancouver and then anybody that was going east was on that flight to toronto so like whether you're going to montreal toronto ottawa halifax so there was qu-
1: anybody there was quite- can tell us some good stories anybody like charles m Lang getting a little bit out of hand you know
2: <laughs> no we, we just wanted water it was so hot on that
1: plane. <laughs> there was oh no God. air conditioning oh. honestly
2: like people had their shirts rolled i was
0: so you off.
1: should have pulled the, I'm Jennifer Jones. I need to be in first class. Yeah, <laughs> so
0: that's I'll
1: tell cool. you a horrible story of, uh, we do get, when we fly to Europe, usually we get first class with the, on a TSN assignment, but they, I was going to, uh, I think I was going to Prague to oh. cover like when the, when Vancouver got the Olympics. So like 2005 oh. or something. Oh. And, they bought a cheap flight so I was in the back row so I was I was having like a mini prima donna fit like just a mini one like why am I not in first class and then I get and I was the same as you I was back row middle seat and it was this lovely old indian gentleman and he was like a, like about 70 year old indian gentleman and he and it was and he fell asleep on my shoulder <laughs> so so for 6 hours i was just sitting here and i just didn't want to say anything he was sleeping so comfortably so he's like my honorary granddad fell asleep yeah. on my shoulder <laughs> uh, anyway welcome home um, um Thank we're you. so thankful that you did this and uh um so glad you're home uh home finally to your fam have you got the chance yeah. to see the girls and everything yet well
2: brent actually surprised me so uh, we didn't arrive home till like my our flight landed around midnight um and then by the time the baggage debacle and getting through the long lineup of all these people you know when you look over and you're like oh my bags have come," and you look at the line and it's like so long yeah <laughs> debate is that bag worth it
1: <laughs> right <laughs> like, just finding but it me. had
2: all with my Canada bag with all my Canada gear so I uh stood in line and then I I just assumed that no, the kids were no longer coming because we were well now about six hours delayed and and uh but then I walked out and I was, and then they ran after me. So Brent brought the kids to the airport. So I got That's to
0: awesome.
2: see them and they were Hello. so excited. They were,
1: oh, they were We so lost excited. you. Did uh, you, did you get emotional? Yeah,
2: I did. Yeah. yeah, it was, I missed them and they were so, our oldest was so into it and they were so supportive. Like it was always like, they never said, made me feel bad for being away. They were always just like, go get a mom. And um just makes me realize their life they've just been around like us being away all the time and chasing our dreams and now they just believe that that's what you should do you have to support people that are chasing their dreams so yeah they were they were it was I missed them for sure like it was great to be home and they were so proud of me they don't care about outcomes they were just well
0: and I
1: wanted to I wanted to say that to you before we got into like your Olympic experience I I watched the the podcast you did with Colleen and, and Devin right after and uh you know you're such a canadian in the sense that the first thing you want to say to everybody is sorry mm-hmm. and sorry sorry to your kids and sorry to canada for letting you down and i'm not trying to be hokey or i i just don't <laughs> think canadians think that way you have nothing to be sorry for <laughs> at all at not all worth. you know and you represented the Can- canada so so unbelievably uh the way you were such a sport you know hugging those uh, those Japanese curlers, which was such a, a great moment. But even beyond that, I think I think you need to know, and I hope you do know this, that Canadians, yeah, maybe there's a few idiots online or something that'll say, you know, the Canadian curlers didn't do well enough. But the vast majority of Canadians, all they want from their Olympians is to go try their best. And if they win, great, as you've done before. And if they don't, you know, be a great sport. And and, and that's all we want or expect. So you should never have to say sorry to anyone and you didn't let anybody down. So please let's not hear that anymore. I don't want to okay. hear sorry story out of you anymore. Got it. It's
2: like <laughs> it's my favorite word though.
1: <laughs> well, it's all of our favorite words. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we do it a lot here in Canada. I know. <laughs>
2: and and you know what? It's, it's funny because yeah, like I, 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 especially for the people that have given up so much for us, I wanted them to kind of live, live the dream with us and, um, you know, have something to show and see all the kids getting excited. But I was super proud of our team. Like I really felt like we embodied what the Olympic experience was all about and really like embraced everything about it and and enjoyed it. And like, it wasn't just words. It was like we thoroughly enjoyed the experience and it came down to draw the button, which is really aggravating. And it was hard to swallow and and um super frustrating but even in that moment like we held our heads high and just you know what there was it was out of our control like we at that point we couldn't do really anything about it so
1: stuff just so you know stuff um well stuff had a little story to tell you about your last your last game
0: uh yeah so i watched your match against denmark and i guess um I guess I did the math wrong in terms of the standings because I just assumed that if you guys won, you were in. So I thought it was a win and in situation. I was also watching Ski Cross, I think, at the same time it was on. So I didn't have the volume up on the uh, curling. So as soon as you guys won, I'm like, perfect, we'll see them in the yeah. semis. And uh, I was just beyond confused after when it didn't happen. <laughs> It took me a little while to piece it all together. But in general, I just look at this tournament and it's, you had so many teams in that middle that were log jammed at either five and four or four and five. Is there a way in your opinion, if, if the competition is getting this close, is there a better way uh, to break it up with two groups that teams emerge of be better that way? Is there, because it kind of seems like no matter what two or three teams were going to be left out of that uh, medal contention at the end of the round robin.
2: Yeah, I, I I've never been a, a massive fan of pool play because it doesn't ever seem like the pools are equal, right? And so I, I like Grand right. Rob and I truly do. I've just, I'll, we have time. There's lots of ice time. There's time to run tiebreakers, and I mean it's easy for me to say now because obviously we got we didn't get a tiebreaker and we lost out. But I've been saying this for years. Like I just. Right. I don't think you should be removed from a competition because of a draw to the button, because so many things can happen. Like we played Denmark in our last game and their draw, the button picked. So like, if that mattered to them, it, it they lost on debris basically yeah. is that comes down to. And so I, I don't know, they, there's plenty of time. Like there's lots of ice time to run tiebreakers, at least one round of tiebreakers. And so like, we were the only team with that record in team play that didn't advance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: And the two people in the in the gold medal game, the two teams in the gold medal game had the same record as us. And and so it's hard to like wrap your head around that. And and then if Korea had won their last round robin game, both Japan and Great Britain would have been out. (laughs) Us and Korea had advanced. Um, and we would all have the same record, but because it would go, it wouldn't have gone to draw the button, it would have gone to wins and losses and us and Korea would have advanced. So.
1: And, and was Korea, wasn't Korea not playing Japan in that last game, which makes. No. Oh,
0: okay. So but it, it was... either
2: if for us, we needed Japan to win or Korea, right. and Great Britain to do the same thing. So when Great Britain won, Korea was playing, playing Sweden and they were, they were up early. I, I watched most of the games. I, I'm not fully focused on the Denmark game. I knew the ramifications of everything. So, <laughs> right, um, yeah. but yeah, like it was, when you think about it like that, like Korea had won and there was, four teams at four at, with four losses. Japan and Great Britain would have been out because of who, beat who, but because Korea lost, there was only three teams and then it went to draw the button and ours was lower than everybody else's. So we didn't get in. So it's just kind of a weird, like it's the Olympic games and I don't know, but I mean, we knew going in, so I would never complain. Like I'm just never, that's not, no, I, I can, but it's yeah, just really yeah. hard to kind of wrap your head around.
1: Is there, can you put your finger, like, is curling a thing, you know, like hockey, where you go in slumps or whatever, a goal scorer might not score for 10 games, and then suddenly he feels it and score. Like, do you, do you know, like, when you have it, when you don't have it, uh, does that happen? Or was this just the world's gotten so good at, it, at, at curling? Like, did you feel like you guys had a bad week, or that you didn't have your A game, so to speak? Or is, is it just the, the fact that the rest of the world really has caught up and curling? And it was a bit of a crapshoot.
2: Yeah, no, it's for sure. It's an even playing field. Like, we, when going in, like, most people were saying eight of the ten teams had a realistic chance of winning gold. So that's, like, when, when the media and all the players are saying that, that's pretty, like, that's saying like it's an even field. We actually felt pretty good. Like, I had a couple of shots that I'd like back. I think my whole team would. But all in all, like we were feeling it. Like I really felt if we made the playoffs, we had a really good shot to be successful. And then it just, just like, I don't know what else to say. Like we had to beat China. If we had beat China, then we controlled our own destiny. Like, and unfortunately we, that was a game we, we should have won. And uh, we didn't. And so that, that one's the hardest one for me. um, Because if we had done that, then we go and beat Denmark and we're not talking about the draw the button.
1: Or, uh, yeah go ahead Lester that's what I was gonna, gonna say just uh, just wondering about uh the the impact of COVID obviously a very different situation over there my understanding is there wasn't a lot of opportunity for you to go out and do stuff am, am I correct on that and if so how much do you think that impacted the tournament for you guys
2: it was definitely hard like we we were terrified to get COVID I will tell you like terrified so we would do these rapid tests and every day like you would you know, you'd wait to see if there's only one line or two. Like, it's not the best way to live.
1: We <laughs> no.
2: told at the time that if we had got COVID, our Olympic dreams, they thought could or should would likely be over. Um, the rules changed slightly. To, so some people that got COVID in December were able to, to attend the games, but it was very stressful. And then being in Canada, like in Ontario, everything was shut down. So all the curling clubs were shut down. So then we had to find a curling club to stay open so we could train – we had to quarantine in advance. We didn't have one competitive game from the Olympic trials until the Olympic games, which is not ideal. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, i it's hard to say it didn't have an impact for sure. It did. Like, I mean, there's no way it didn't, but I did feel like our training went really well. We felt ready heading in. Um, I like the timing of it. I like winning and then just getting ready and going and that adrenaline and the excitement of it all. We felt really good with training. Um, and we practiced to draw the button like five times a day. So it wasn't a lack of trying or effort. Like as some people were saying, we need to practice it more. We couldn't possibly practice to draw the button more. It just didn't, it didn't work out, but yeah, like it was, the games were great, but there was no fans in the stands and, you know, it, it would it definitely had a different Olympic feel for sure. Um, right.
1: Were you able to have like an Olympic, uh, Like mingle with other athletes much, or was hotel rink, hotel rink, and that's it basically.
2: Well, we we were all in the village. So like you would see the athletes in the in the village. So the village, when people I never knew what the village was. So it's basically just a bunch of tall apartment buildings. And so we had like um we had a four-bedroom apartment, just our team. So you would see we would we didn't mingle with any of the other countries. There was some um some COVID cases in other countries. So you just stayed within your little team Canada bubble, but we would see some of the athletes. And the one great thing about the games is because there was no fans or limited fans. If there was a game or event or anything we wanted to go to, there was definitely tickets. So uh, <laughs> as an athlete, like you could, but you know what's strange is we went to the women's hockey game against the United States, like the round robin game. We were really excited. We hadn't played yet. So, and it was a really good game. So we show up there and there's, well, there's no fans but they still put the athletes like we were up in the like rafters. Like we couldn't possibly get any higher. Like I just, that's where we were supposed to sit. We made it on TV. I can't even believe they could see us in the darkness up there. Like, like <laughs> I, like I've got a picture and they, the hockey players look about this big, like we were far, um, but we got to go to like short track and long track, figure skating. Like we could go to everything. Um, And then it was easy to spot the Canadian contingent because there was just not, there's no people. Um, So that part was sad, but then also as an athlete, good, because sometimes it's impossible to get tickets um, to go and see events. So we had our pick of whatever event we really wanted to go to. I
1: I needed to ask you about that. So I I hosted hockey from here uh, for the Olympics, and I was noticing for all the men's games, I'm not sure if I noticed for the women's games, but... They, they had filled the seats, but it was clear that these people were being paid or just told to be there, that they had no knowledge, interest, or anything in hockey. They were, they were like fake fans. And, and this is the Chinese government. I'm, and I'm not kidding here. They, these people, it was every second seat, there was someone. But there was, they did not react to anything unless they waved, they waved a flag when somebody put up a cheer sign. And when somebody won the gold medal, there was the same reaction as to like an opening face off of like the first game of the tournament. So it was, a, and I was just wondering, and this is my conspiracy theory head going, like the, the, the Chinese government just told people to come in. This is your job to sit. So it looks like we have full stands or semi-full stands. Uh, but they had no idea what they were doing there or any interest in being there. Did that happen at curling?
2: Yeah, well, I don't, know, I don't know if they were paid. There were some fans, they would have had to be in the closed loop. So like, yeah, and they were they were only on. So if, if the arena is like an oval, they were only allowed on one side of the oval, and then Which was we,
1: where the TV cameras, TV cameras. pointing? Probably,
2: yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then we were <laughs> allowed on the other side of the of the oval, and it was sad because they had these little flags they were waving, and it was like um, a curling flag with the Olympics. And I really wanted one, so I asked if I could have one, and they're like, "No, no, it's only for them." <laughs> <laughs>
1: I well, think your theory is I wanted right. to get
2: one, but I couldn't <laughs> even go of this people, so. oh my
1: god!
2: No flag for me.
1: <laughs> Puffy, did you have a question? Now, Jennifer, I saw some pictures from uh, some of the athletes on what the food was like over there. And it did, I heard something about it being the same meal for every meal. Is that, was that your experience or? Yeah. So it was, there that was, a was not lot of a, great
2: things about the Olympics. The food, wouldn't be at the top of my list, but you don't go to the Olympics for the cuisine, which is what I kept telling myself. Like, it's not like you're, you're traveling to go there to have great meals. Um, most Olympic food is fairly bland because they're just trying to keep it basic for everybody. But I actually like, I struggled with the food. Um, it upset my, my stomach. And so I (sighs) basically ate the same same thing for,
1: well, I don't understand. (laughs) Like I, I, you know, maybe for curling, uh, Certainly curling is, is uh, a, a super athletic sport now, but maybe not the same way like weightlifting or if you're doing a 50K cross-country skiing thing. And I thought if you're you know, a super finely tuned athlete who eats this you know, perfectly regimented balance of protein, whatever, all your years of training, and then you get to Beijing and you're stuck in a room for two weeks before your race, and all you get is this little same old... Like, that would seriously affect elite athletes, would it
0: not?
2: Yeah, no, food is a big thing. So they do send over, like we had like protein drinks that we could have. And so they, we do send over, like it goes by ship six months in advance so that there's stuff there and there was variety. So it wasn't like you had the same thing every, every, it was just, it was variety, but the same variety. So like there was a hot pot station. um, They had like a salad bar. um, They had like um, some meat stations. It's just really over
1: it was <laughs> it looked <laughs> disgusting let's yeah, be honest exactly. it, looked, it looked disgusting and
2: then they did in the village we did have pizza hut and kfc um, no, which i did not <laughs> i did not enjoy like i did not go to but that no, only had a chicken sandwich so one chicken sandwich and apparently it was like really dark chicken <laughs> the
1: chicken, like again what i want to know Ch- you know in China's little- i'm not i'm not going to do a rip on the ioc here again yeah. but you would just i think i have a vision growing up watching the olympics that you go to an olympic village they should have all these chefs that are there designed to cook the you know the exact foods that olympians need and it, and it said it's a pizza hut at a kfc <laughs> well scary.
2: that was the, like the that was outside the dining
0: hall oh, okay and okay so they okay. had
2: like it used to be McDonald's because McDonald's, yeah,
0: McDonald's used to be at uh, yeah of them, so right? this
2: is the first year that McDonald's or the first Olympics McDonald's was no longer um yeah partner so yeah they had they had this KFC but they could only get like and the Pizza Hut I think there was like a it wasn't Pizza at Pizza though it was pizza but different and you could get like Cheese and then mystery pizza. I wasn't sure.
1: Oh, mystery pizza in That's China. This is from the chicken.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, we didn't to get that either. <laughs> yes.
1: night, night before the gold yes. medal game. Let's have some mystery pizza and just see so, what happens.
2: Like, I brought over, like, I brought with me some, like, bagels. And um, so, and we had a freezer. So, I just stuck them in the freezer and I brought some peanut butter. And, like, we had, like, soup that we could make in the microwave. And, like, you can make. It's fine. Like, like I said, you don't go there for the cuisine, but yeah, like you, you think about it, it, it is one of the, it's an important factor of the Olympics because you need to eat, you need to eat, to have your brain work, to be physically able to do your, your sport. So like the protein drinks were good and you could make do, you could find things like there was lots of rice and, um, boiled eggs. So like you could, you could figure, I was very excited to come home though to eat. And that was yeah. the only- <laughs> our flight because we were delayed leaving Vancouver or Beijing and then we ran to catch our connection so we didn't have time to get food. Terrible. And then we waited on that plane for four hours and then all the food was gone.
1: <laughs> That's rough. Like, what piece of food did you what did you crave more than anything else?
2: I really want a steak steak and then some good pizza. Like I can't wait. So we're having um there's a yeah we're having pizza tonight. I've we're having yeah i'm very excited and then like really good breakfast you know like a scrambled eggs and like
1: yeah how do you think your steak medium rare oh solid girl i uh i saw you talking to mr mr bach the uh, president of the ioc and I, I was trying to read your lips They And I thought you were saying uh, about this mystery pizza. Uh, Mr. Okay, <laughs> 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 what the I hell are you thinking? It. What
2: is what on is that pizza? I don't I, you, I know. I'm what not, did you
1: ask him about? Really? What did you? Um, you
2: well, actually he was, he was asking us a lot about the strategy and unfortunately it wasn't the best game in terms of like, it was a blowout. So, um, Great Britain had just got a lot of points and he's like, so what's Japan doing next? I'm like, just trying to enjoy the moment. <laughs> 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 what say, does anyway. like
0: roll
1: up the mystery pizza. <laughs>
2: yeah, so he was genuinely interested about like interested about the strategy of curling, which was great. Like he doesn't know a lot about curling, so it was literally just kind of a curling 101 and just asking questions. And what I found interesting is he really um, he really likes the mixed events um, because it's helping encourage the growth of sport in countries where maybe women aren't participating a lot in sport. And I I really, I love that. Like, I thought that was great to hear that, that I I never really put that together, but that's why they're having so many of these um, mixed events is to promote women in sport. And obviously I'm a little biased and especially with two girls, like two daughters. I just, I think it's great that they're trying to encourage that.
1: Before we let Jennifer go guys, did you have anything else for her? Better get some sleep.
2: Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, what was funny is I ended up, so I don't know if you heard about the Bing Dwen Dwen, like the mascot, oh.
1: the, big, uh, the big the big kind of panda, yeah. panda yeah. Thing, right?
2: Cutest yeah. mascot ever. We weren't allowed near it because of COVID, um, so it, we couldn't even go see the torch.
1: <laughs> was he? Was it from? Oh, uh, that's, that's that's awesome. Awesome. I know,
2: like you always want that. But did you see the torch? It was like that little. It was environmentally friendly torch.
1: Mm-hmm. So- I, 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 they probably showed pictures of it, but I didn't know. It was in
2: the snowflake. It was really hard to see where the torch was. It's right oh, in the okay. middle of the snowflake. Okay. Anyway, so Bin Dwen Dwen was the mascot. Massive hit. So, I've got two daughters, and I want to bring back a souvenir, so I want a stuffy. Well, those suckers sold out, like, no impossible to get. They're selling for, like, 500 American on eBay right now, these stuff. Wow. Oh, yeah. So we- Wow. So, on our day off, we went and lined up for a Bin Dwen Dwen. And... Um, so yeah, the lineups forever like all these people because you, you kind of know they release every some every morning so you have to go and you have to get so I ended up going through the lineup twice just like I broke the rules you We know? allowed one but it was a full success I got both my daughters a big hey. big my husband There's still one. wants me to sell them on eBay but I think exactly
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you say that because in Vancouver uh, there, uh, there was two mascots in Vancouver I can't remember I think they gave us one each or something. CTV there, for there for, up, I think. Okay. Well, either way I had them and, you know, they get thrown in. My kids were young back then. So they got thrown in the kids bin and then like the dogs ate them, but I didn't even, <laughs> and then like years later, you know, three or four years ago I saw online, they were same thing, several thousand dollars each. I'm yeah. Like, I'm, I
2: yeah. want to convince them to keep them in the box.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's what you yeah. got to do. You, you should, with you that. should Just look at
2: them from a distance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Well, listen, uh, like I said, uh, we're super proud of you. Um, it was fun. This is our second now curling crossover podcast with uh, dot net. We've uh, exposed an entire new uh, audience. Now we're all, most of the people listening to us now are now uh, curling people. So we're going to be doing mostly curling focus podcasts from here forward guys, just so you're (laughs) ready. Uh,
2: I love it. And I'm happy to come on anytime. And obviously like The Olympics was a thrill of a life and I wish every Canadian could experience it. So super grateful for the opportunity. And, um, hopefully we,
1: we are you going to do it? Are you going to stay with it?
2: Am I going to stay?
1: Yeah. You maybe try for four years from now.
2: I haven't, we haven't chatted as a team. I still feel like I could get better. I know it's crazy. That's great. I'm not, I'm not 20. So, um, but I still feel like, still feel like I'm getting better and I love to play, but I'll sit down and figure it out and think about it. And, it's also the, what do you do next kind of question. So I got to. Of course. If you're ever open to
0: coaching the four of us. <laughs> four oh, years for Our next now, Olympic I mean, team. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Yes. Can you
1: imagine? Wow. Yeah. That'd be great.
2: Yeah. I like it.
1: Yeah. As long as we well, know, we now, now
2: my mind's turning. Like now how well. do I even decide?
1: <laughs> well, you know, we will uh, take you up. I think you offered last time. Sometime when life calms down, we'll come up and you can uh, do like a, an hour and teach us how to curl. And we'll like make, a po- to the city. make a little podcast out of it.
2: I'll come to the Perfect. city. Are you guys all well, in Toronto?
1: No, I'm in Aurora, uh, no, Stops I'm in Bradford. Toronto. Yeah.
2: Oh, so actually, we're kind of close. Not yeah, we're like-ish for Ontario. Yeah, when I first moved here, they think everybody here thinks an hour drive is like just around the corner. So, like,
1: of course, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much. And like I said, uh, we're all proud of you. I, mm-hmm. I know, I know you're a competitor, and you, and you wanted to bring home a gold uh, for Canada. And, but you know, I think that was. Canada's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? You already, you already got that for us. Uh, and uh, it was great watching you compete again.
2: I agree. And you, you know what, it's funny. Cause I, we won the gold and obviously have great memories from this one. I really feel like I left really understanding what the Olympics is all about. What sport awesome. is all about. Yeah. So it was kind of a different gold medal in a way. Like I, we really were true Olympians and embraced it. And I, I'll, that will stay with me forever. So there's lots of, uh, there's lots of positives. I just wish I had, like, something to show everybody.
1: Yeah, I got you. I got you. Well, uh, thanks a ton for Thank joining you. us. And uh, for you. all the uh, curlers who just tuned in and watched us for the first time because of Jennifer, <laughs> uh, check out our regular episode on Thursday on the uh, Rubber Boots podcast. Thank you, Jennifer.
2: Thank you. Hey,
0: how are you? I got a question that I really want to ask you. Don't hang up I need to know So I'm gonna try And push my love Are you wearing Your rubber boots tonight Are they purple, yellow, green Or black or white Are you wearing your rubber boots Tonight Do you like a dunk tank